The Ponch Stevenson Show. Ponchstevenson.com. Episode 241. Sunday, April 27th, 2014. This is The Ponch Stevenson Show. Ponchstevenson.com. Episode 241. I am Rob. You are Greg. That's right. And start us off. <laughs> okay. Um, real fast, I'm just going to uh, talk about some listener reaction. Ooh. Listener reaction. I like that. you have no clue about because you don't check anything. I do check. I check the email. Absentee landlord. No, I check email. Nobody's you check. emailing us. Huh? Nobody's emailing us. So, someone emailed us. Spaceman David actually went through the trouble of, of posting on the website. You didn't even look at that. I did. I read that. No response. What, you didn't respond either? Yes, I did. You did? Yes, I did. Yes. Oh. No, you didn't. I did. Oh, wait, website. you did. Yeah, you did. Wait, how come I didn't get that email? I don't know. I get emailed every time someone leaves a comment on the website, and I didn't get an email. No, oh, well. The heck? Anyway, so uh, he, he talked about some wrestling stuff, but one of the things I was going to mention real quick was apparently, uh, and, and again, Spaceman David is our um, European, UK, uh, uh, I don't know. Correspondent. Correspondent. <laughs> correspondent. He is. He's the UK expert. Official Paunch Stevenson show Europe UK correspondent. Yeah. Overseas. Uh, so he is abroad. Yeah. Well, obviously. And I don't mean a woman. <laughs> um, so he says apparently there are these monstrous rats all over England and Scandinavia. Yeah, you know what? I saw so he left he, he left that comment on pornstevenson.com episode 239 and he left a link. And I clicked on the link and I saw the pictures and mm. and they are very large rats. Bigger than a cat. But he is very shocked by this. However, What's, What do you mean? However, How could you not be? Living in New York City for uh -oh. seven years, that was the normal-sized no, rat no. in the like seriously underground. Yeah, waiting for mice down there. No, but underground, waiting for the subway train to come. Yeah, in the station, the underground station, on the tracks, there would be rats like that. That big? Big. <laughs> I'm telling big. you, big. And, and and nobody flinched. No, nobody thought twice. They would be in the garbage can. They'd be on the tracks. I don't, you know... I, I just thought that was normal. I didn't know that that was a shocking thing. I thought rats were big. Uh, I thought I thought mice were very small, and then yeah. rats were very large. I, just, I, just, well, I, I assumed that was normal, but I rats, guess not. I mean, rats are much bigger than mice, but... I mean, they're not... This big? <laughs> well, this is like a this is like a giant rabbit. I know. 
It's so like a, yeah, it's like a, a, a almost like a groundhog. Vermin. <laughs> yeah. What was it the uh, in Seinfeld? Um, George's father uh, had some issue with vermin. Yeah, I don't remember, but I I remember that, but I don't He's remember like, this. I will not tolerate vermin. Yeah, I think he. Oh, you know what it was, George. It was something to do with the, George was living with his parents, and he kind of uh, just to distract his father. He said, "Wait, was that a mice? Uh, is is that a mouse?" And then his yeah. father went crazy, and I I won't tolerate vermin. And whatever. oh no, 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 he was. I don't know if he was what he was trying to do, but he 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 wanted them out of the house. So he uh, like was gonna make yeah. up something like that, like oh, there's a rat in here, you know, somebody's got to come clean it out, whatever. You guys could stay at a hotel, or, or something like that. Yeah. And he said, and he's like, I will not tolerate vermin, and he wanted them to like sell the house and and nah. demolish it, and right, it's going nuts. By the way, not listener feedback okay johnny b from the jerky boys he just vanished really he never got back to you never i mean i don't want to pester the guy i've been emailing you know I, I, we were going back and forth trying to set up a time he was out of town he said emailing when he gets back then he got back and we were emailing a couple times and then i emailed him like three times since then and and it's nothing so i hope he's okay yeah i'm sure he's fine <laughs> I mean, come on, Tammy Aaron came on the show. Yeah, that was that. <laughs> he thinks of, he's better than Tammy Aaron. Of all the surprises that have occurred in doing this show over mm. the last almost nine years now, I think that one's the the at the top. <laughs> <laughs> Did you ever think, growing up, or even I don't know, five years ago? Did you ever think that you would talk live to Tammy Aaron? Um, star of The New Adventures of Hippie <laughs> Longstocking, which was a movie that you saw growing up. Did you ever think one day I'm going to talk to this woman on no. a, on my own show? No, it was never something that I, I would have ever conceived. Isn't that crazy? When, when I think about all the people we've met, all the people we've talked it's to, had on, it's, it's, it's just... It's one of I mean, these. Listen, we grew up. We both grew up. Nineteen eighties. Huge Transformers fans. Yeah. I mean, I. Oh my god. I haven't I met love... anybody from the Transformers though. No, 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 no. no. I, what? We Oops. met. We t- what, growing oh, up. Here's my we point. Met Bob Budiansky. Right, but here's my point. Well, I did, but growing up. Huge Transformers fan. I, I was, it, um, it, it was like, I was so into the Transformers. I know, you thought you were a robot. No. So. Yes. Uh, I, I, I would go home from school, I would watch the cartoons, play with the toys, everything. Okay, what's your point? My point is, I would always wonder, I'm like, who made these cartoons? Who does the voices? As a child, I'm like, who makes these Okay, toys? and we and haven't who... met any of them. But all these years later, I would never, ever, ever, ever have thought that I would get to actually speak with and, and interview the, kind of like the, the grandfather of the Transformers, the, the, the 
the mastermind behind the Transformers. Right. That blows my mind. That that well, ah, it's it's crazy. Even like in we were in high school, I don't know how old we were, 14, 15, and my father owned a baseball card store. And so the the local distributor had like a dealer convention. It was not open to the public. And so they would have like some comic book uh, illustrators and all there and all. But again, we were in northern New Jersey and the entire comic book industry was in New York City. Yeah, like well, everybody, the at that writers, time, yeah, yeah, the writers, the illustrators, the pens, inker, whatever. They were Be- all in New York City, except for Stan Lee. Before he the was in internet, California. or the World Wide Web, or whatever you want to call it, it was this was before that. Yeah, yeah, it was like twenty years ago. Yeah, so at the time, you know, I at that time back in the nineties. So you know, with you know, because he owned the store, or whatever, and like. So we had a lot of opportunities, he and I, and some of my friends would come with us or whatever, to go to like different sports autograph sessions or whatever um, here and there. So I met a lot of the sports stars. And so that wasn't like a big deal. You know, like I was a fan of the, the, the New York football giants. And we would go to the training camp. Uh, every year, and um, you know that some of you know the players would come out and they'd sign your your yearbook or something. So, you know that wasn't something that was I don't know something I had never experienced before. You know, in fact, at one of these comic book things that we went to, we talked to Todd McFarlane. Yeah, we talked about that. Who the two of us really didn't know who he was or care. No, I knew who he was. Yeah, we just didn't care. I just did Yeah, just and he was like, a jerk. I'm like, hey, Todd, how's it going? Can you sign my poster? Yeah, and then he wouldn't do it. He was like, well, you know, uh, I'm going to have to ask you guys a bunch of questions. <laughs> I know. But yeah, what was that all about? Like, uh, well, he was interviewing us. It was ridiculous. Before the Paul Stevenson show. Anyway, so... You know, so we kind of, at least me, you to some extent, we're kind of used to that. So at the time, you know, I never really thought to myself, oh, you know, oh boy, I really like to meet this guy or that guy. or I don't, I just, it was just never something that I always thought about it. The only thing I would think about would be like, gee, you know, if I'm in New York City, wouldn't it be great if I could run into so-and-so? Like, that's how I used to think about it. Like, oh, boy, what, what if I'm in... Because this used to happen. Yeah. And never for me. It was always my mom and my sister would always be at the at the shopping malls. And, and while they're at the shopping mall, some football player or some, you know, actor or musician would be, like, in the mall. Yeah. Or a restaurant and, or yeah. some place like that. Never... I'd never meet. <laughs> right. Always someone else. So, I never really thought about that like you say I mean sure you know I mean, when I was a little kid I was like boy I'd like to be in an Indiana Jones adventure I didn't really care for meeting Harrison Ford mm. you know like I never cared about the actors because I didn't really know them I just knew their roles yeah you know you know what I mean so it, it really wasn't a big deal for me it's just been like late you know the last like 10 years that we've like gone berserk with this <laughs> celebrity <laughs> but um 
Yeah, so what were we talking about? Well, wait, and, and another thing is, so we had Ed Begley Jr. Yes. On the podcast two times. Right, and we met him three times. Yeah, and it, the last time, it was a couple episodes ago. I you thought, know, this whole thing, really, this whole thing is Ted Danson's fault. <laughs> what? Because he was the first one. He was the was first. Was he? No. Yes. He was? Yeah. He wow. He kickstarted this whole thing. Think for about him. it. He he was the first major celebrity, not only that we interviewed in any fashion, I think, right? I, I mean, if you're not counting like Scott C. Clements. Oh, well, I mean, I love talking to those kinds of Dave people. Dave Prater. But, yeah, but I mean, they're the the poop report guy. Yeah, but they're not massive stars, no, I, you know. Right, know. Mike Massey, of course. Esteban, we always love talking to Esteban. Oh, yeah. Everybody, yeah, yeah. You know, but... He's or, famous. Yeah. He has a famous toy robot blog. Which he no longer updates. Yeah, what happened? I don't know. <laughs> um, you know, Frank Nora, of course. The great Frank Nora. Yes. Well, it's really all his fault. Nah. Um, <laughs> but no, my point is, Ted Danson was the first, I think major celebrity that we like went up to or got on the phone or something and gave us somewhat of an interview obviously it wasn't a super long one but no, still he gave us a great interview now obviously ed begley did it the next day and it was tremendous and ed is yeah. fantastic we love ed yeah but you know that was the first one and now it's just we're, we're going and going and going and who the heck even who's even listening to us i don't even know we're listening to ourselves. Exactly. I listen to us. Sometimes. Not David, Esteban. But anyway. Uh, Frank. My point uh, is. Smidge. <laughs> my point is. Um, you know, this is, you know, obviously has happened over the years here. And it and it's almost like, you almost think to our, I'm almost thinking to myself now, like, now, granted, like a lot of these celebrities that I've met and gotten autographs and pictures with, um, obviously have to pay a lot of money. You know, can't get around that in some of these cases. Yeah. But still, it, it's still amazing to me the successes that we have had. Yeah. I know. You know, over, over the years, it's... Um, it's been very fun, I guess. I mean, yeah, obviously there's some people you'd love to be able to at least meet. It'd be very, very difficult to do. <laughs> yeah. You well, know that. What I was saying was, so we interviewed for the second time Ed Begley Jr. Yeah. A couple episodes ago in Garden State Greenfest. And during our interview, I, I kind of joked with him. I said, you know, I said, you must have the world's best agent because you are literally in everything yeah if i go to your imdb page or your wikipedia a character page, actor yeah but his filmography he is in everything and and some listeners might think oh rob's just joking or rob's exaggerating or here's a perfect example i'm not joking the other night i turned on the tv and it just happened to be on on some channel maybe ifc or something and a movie was on that I had never seen before, and it was only on for a couple minutes before I changed the channel, and it was the Pineapple Express. I thought you'd seen that already. No. No, I never saw that. 
but I've but seen I, it. I know it was Seth Rogen and James Franco, James Franco, and it just happened to be when I turn on the TV, it just happened to be coincidentally a scene, and I look mm-hmm. over and I'm like, that's Ed Begley Jr. Huh. He is in everything. He's a man. I, he 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 must be cloned or something. He is in everything. Yeah. But anyway, so yeah, so yeah, so. What the hell were we talking about? <laughs> I'll tell you what we were talking Rats. about. But again, growing up, the fact I never thought that. Wow, you know, one day I love Weird Al. One day I'm gonna meet Weird Al All and right. talk to him. One day I'm gonna meet the the creator of the Transformers. I this blows my mind when I sit and think about it. it I'm like, wow. Growing up, I thought these people would be impo- I would never meet these people ever. And now well, we're just walking up to them, talking to them, yeah. interviewing them, meeting them. Well, how or would you expect to meet Weird Al twice? I know, no, Not even once, twice, no, never, never, ever. And we've in never my seen life. him in concert. I know. Which is idiotic. <laughs> I know. Oh, uh, so cool. So, so anyway, so you were talking about listener feedback. Yeah. So, the other one was we talked in the last episode, 240, about uh, Liverpool um, street musician, YouTube musician, Danny McAvoy. Yeah. So, yeah. So I posted the episode onto a link onto his Facebook page. Oh, nice. And he responded, "Uh, cool, glad you like my stuff. I'm listening to your show now. And then he said something like, I don't look weird, I look perfectly normal. It's everybody else that looks weird. Yeah, well, I agree with that. Well, you're the one that called him weird. I didn't, call no, him I didn't weird. say weird. You yeah, said he looked like Flock of Seagulls guy. Well, I, then, back in the 80s. Anyway. I know, I agree with that. I didn't so, say it was weird. So he goes, uh, he says, you didn't mention that he, I did every Beatles song there ever was in the space of one year. Really? That's what he said. I find that very difficult to believe. <laughs> We've got thousands of YouTube videos, so... Wow. he has gotta wait, be on there. He even did You Know My Name Look Up The Number? Well, why wouldn't he do that? That's a pretty common I song. don't know. He did What's The New Mary Jane? Wait, did, he do, did he do Revolution Number 9? Number 9? I, I assume so. Or the Carnival of Light. <laughs> That's a Beatles song. No, no, it's it's an inside joke. Um, yeah, cool. So I'm just, anyway. Listen, yeah. So uh, I he, he's I heard him play. Remember, I was talking about wow. Look, he did Pipes of Peace and whatever. Yeah, and I put it into the episode. Yeah, it, I, I have to say his version of it was actually really good. Yeah. What was the first song that I put up? Take it away. Yes. Yeah. Well, that's a McCartney song. It's one of my favorite songs, but yeah. that's how I saw him. Right. Was I was fishing around for "Take It Away" covers, and I found two or three that were pretty good. Yeah. And I also found the uh, outtake of uh, McCartney doing the song, like they were doing it in in like a. <sighs> they were rehearsing it, I guess, like in this little room. Hmm. It was really strange. It was like him, Linda, Denny Lane, you know, blah, blah, blah. Um, really? Hmm? really? Yeah, it's on YouTube. 
So I thought it was very good. So then I said to him, oh, then he said, you need to practice those Scouse accents, though. Well, it's right, love. I thought, I thought they were pretty good. I guess not. Um, so George, then I... George Harrison. Yeah, so then I, I commented that, because I, I, I've seen a lot of his comments on YouTube, that he's auditioned for all of the big three of uh, England's, um, you know, uh, talent shows. Oh, come on. He's, X, too, he's too good for that. Well, he auditioned for X Factor, nah. Britain's Got Talent, and The Voice. And they all rejected him. What was it, X Factor, and what was the second one? Britain's Got Talent. Oh. And The Voice. I know, because these shows don't want legitimately quality people. They want characters. But then on one of them, he had the daughter with him auditioning, and they still rejected them. So he says, says, I'm done with that now. I'm just going to do it on my own merit. Exactly. Listen, he has a very successful YouTube channel. He doesn't need those dumb, junk, <laughs> garbage shows. Danny McAvoy, you're too good for that. Yeah. Ste- According to the Paunch Stevenson show, you are too good for that. Well, I don't know how much that'll help. <laughs> then again... He could put that on his resume. Paunch hey, Stevenson hey. show. Seal we of had, approval. We had the first exclusive interview with Mike Massey, and now this guy, he's playing with the Boston I know. rejects and everybody else all over the country and the world. Do you know how many careers we have kick-started here? <laughs> or ended. Or Well, for every one that we launch, another one we end. Um. So it, it's, it's like the yin and the yang. Okay. Anyway, so... Um, which one of us is yin and which one of us is yang? I don't know. Are you yang? No, I, I'm chung! Chung. Um, yin and chung. <laughs> that, could be, that would be a good sitcom. Yin and chung. Okay. Let's write that. No. But wait, but David had said something else, too. What else did he that say? That I thought you would go crazy for. No. That he does not want to see Harrison Ford oh, right. reprise his role as Indiana Jones. He wants Bradley Cooper to take <laughs> over as Indiana Jones. Yeah, well, that's not happening right at the moment. But what do you think about that? I think Bradley Cooper would be very good at it. <laughs> what? Yeah? Yeah, I think he would actually be very good. It's just... Better than Nicolas Cage? Come on. No, I'm serious. Of course. He did the National Treasure Cage. movies. Hey, um, uh, I'm, um, uh, hey, a dad. I'm, uh, I'm looking for the, I'm looking for the last, the lost Ark. Hey. Anyway. Uh, no, but th- weren't the National Treasure movies similar I'm, to Indiana no, Jones? No, no. They weren't? No. I don't. I never saw them. They were present day. No, I know, but similar adventure. No. 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 They weren't adventure movies. Yeah, they were, but <laughs> I mean, for that matter, you could say Jewel of the Nile was similar to Indiana Jones. I mean, come on. Was that the one with Michael Douglas and yes, Catherine, whatever her name is, Catherine um... Hepburn, or no, <laughs> no. 
What was her? Why, why am I drawing a blank on this woman's name? Oh, uh, I can't remember it either now. Kathleen Turner. Kathleen Turner and Danny uh, DeVito. Yeah, yeah. Oh, by the way, Danny DeVito. Just uh, speaking, uh, real quick. Always Sunny. Yeah. It's Always Sunny, Philadelphia, renewed for two more years. Wow. Unbelievable. FXX. Yes. Channel. Um, you know they've had contests where you can win a role on their show or something like that. Why didn't you tell me about this? Well, because it wasn't free, and it was like you had to donate. Uh-huh. So it's like if you donated like ten bucks or fifteen bucks, you got you know you were in it. But then you know you're gonna have people donating like hundreds of dollars at with much higher odds. Uh, well. So I didn't really bother. Actually, Glenn Howard. I, I didn't watch yes. the show, but I saw a commercial. Glenn Howerton, who plays yeah. Dennis Reynolds, who was responded awesome. to your tweet. Well, he responded to the tweet, but he's in the TV series, which this makes absolutely no sense. But he's in this new TV series called Fargo. Oh, which yeah. it's like okay, wasn't the didn't the movie come out like? 20 years ago. 17 years ago? Why are you just now making a TV show? I don't know. I never really liked that movie. Anyway. So, yeah. So Danny McAvoy. Wow, look at this. We're like, yeah. we're getting worldwide. I think we're more popular in England than we are in our own country now. We seem to be. I don't know. I don't know why. England that's awesome. Antarctica. Yeah, that's awesome. I love that. Now all we have to do is get the Russians listening, and then we'll be... <laughs> Russians. <laughs> then, then we'll get Steven Seagal on the show. <laughs> um, so I was going to bring this up. I saw this on Facebook. Um, remember how we've talked about on the show how we had this idea, and in fact we acted this out in elementary school, was a demolition soccer? Yes. Well, apparently this is now taking root all over the world. <laughs> So once again, we launch something. We invent something. Oh, no follow-through. No credit. No royalties. So, come on. Esse- essentially, ripped off again. I'll say, I don't know if you could see this link on Facebook, but essentially... Um, where the heck is your uh, thing here? Basically, this is... Um, it, it, these are people that are wearing these like inflatable like giant bubbles... Why? And so they run around in the you know with the bubbles on, and they're trying to play soccer, and they like bounce into each other. So if you hit a person, they could like go flying, like do a somersault, and they don't get hurt because you're you're kind of enclosed in the bubble, other than your feet. What is this? This looks insane. This is Italy. Yeah, they're indoors. They're in a wood basketball court. But I've also seen it in England. The same thing. Yeah, their entire bodies are encased in this giant bubble wrap. Well, except for their thing. feet. Except their feet. Except they're the like from the knees down, so they can run and kick. This is basically. I love this. This is essentially like the Technos World Cup soccer on the NES. Yeah. <laughs> Where the gameplay was so slow, all you used to do was like the guy would get the ball, and you would have like ten seconds to set up the maneuver in which you would kill him. Yeah. Love that game. Well, I will say, 
So they kind of ripped us off, except when we played it, we did not have the protective no. bubbles. No. It was demolition soccer. Yeah, Full it was bad. contact. And you could check somebody into the fence. Yeah. Full contact. No holds barred. Yes. Um. None of this baby stuff. No. Don't need protection. Uh, Alright, so then... I guess the next thing I'll, I'll talk about uh, real fast is um, the Goonies. Mm. Apparently, Steven Spielberg is coming up with a story for the Goonies 2. The video game? Yeah, no, so finally, <laughs> the Konami NES Goonies 2 game will finally match up to a movie. <laughs> Even though it was terrible. Wow. By the Who's way, the in, sorry, in the previous episode, 240, you you mentioned this, this chip company or snack company uh. called... Food should taste good. Yeah, it was an off-the-cuff thing. You don't have no. to research it. I know, but I went to the website, and I'm like, oh, you know what? Actually, I have seen these before. Because I said I had never heard of it. I have seen these before. I just didn't realize that was the whole name of the company. Yeah. And they are they make good snacks. Good. Except um, I wish they wouldn't add sugar to everything, but... <laughs> No, actually, no. You know what? I take that back. They don't make good snacks. Well, I have another one. They should not add sugar. I have another one. Go ahead. This is called Beanitos. Beanitos? Yes. The like, original bean chip. That sounds familiar. It's non-GMO verified. High fiber. Gluten free. No preservatives. Vegan. All right. Lightly salted, cholesterol-free, no MSG, no trans fat, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> so you're into these chips lately. Well, here's the thing with these things. They taste very, very, very good. Yeah. Right? Drugs. But, huh? That's because they add drugs to the... Well, that's fine. No, um, the problem is, I'm looking at the bag here... Uh, this is a. I can't tell how much how big this is, but anyway. So this bag is, you know, the whole bag is about you know twelve inches long, you know. Yeah. And I, I kid you not, it was like three fifty. And <laughs> it is, I mean, seriously, it is a quarter, of it is chips. <laughs> a quarter. What what are the, what's the other three quarters? Air. <laughs> Nothing. What? Why did they do that? I don't know. How about just sell me a full bag of a, a small bag with all chips? They might do that so that the chips don't crumble into oh, a million pieces in transit. Nonsense. But yeah, there's got to be a better way. They make it act. They make it look like you're getting something, but you're not. <laughs> you five chips. Anyway, um, so the Goonies two. That's like seventy-five cents per chip. Yeah, it's it's ridiculous. All right, so, Goonies 2, finally. Goonies 2. Who's going to be... Wait, don't tell me it's the original cast. Supposedly, that I, I guess. Wow. <laughs> I just... I don't see how they're going to do this. I mean, is it the whole... Wasn't the whole point of the Goonies the fact that it was a bunch of kids 
who go to have like a kid adventure, you know, that everybody would have. But it was, you know, yeah. your adventures were fake. <laughs> Theirs just turned out to be quote real. Yes. And instead, you know, so that's what they do. But and you know, and then all this craziness happens. So you know, how? Do, what do you do now? Is it become like the Hangover? <laughs> what do you mean? You know, like they're oh all, yeah, like, right, yeah, because they're like, old, but they're on this yeah. adventure. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a good point. I don't know. So I mean, I don't know. We shall see. So, is it? Uh, is there a date or like what's what's no, going there's on? Nothing. It's it's just they said that Spielberg is working on us stories. That's it. Oh, that's it. Gotcha. Whatever happened to predictability? The milkman, the paper boy, the evening TV. Okay, so I'm going to talk about some celebrity meets that I did. Recently. Yeah, that's right. So I went to book signing for Bob Saget. Danny Tanner. Danny Tanner. America's Funniest Home Videos. Yeah, that's right. Um, so uh, Bob Saget was signing uh, books at this bookends place up in New Jersey, uh, Ridgewood, New Jersey. That I've been to a few times, and I normally ha- I have not gone there in a long time because I found that almost any of the big celebrities they would they will not let you take a picture with them. Why? They just they won't. They don't let you take it with anybody. But what winds up happening is with a lot of the, the mid level celebrities and lower is that the those people are like, all right, I'll, yeah, I'll do the pictures. And then they just have to allow it. Because there's not that many people there. Yeah. You know, it's ridiculous. So, um, I went to the Bob Saget. I asked you. You had, I don't know what your deal was. Sick or something. Uh, yeah, I was sick, actually. So you missed out on Bob Saget. Ah. Oh, well. So, um, I went there. I got his, his book was cheap. It was under 30 bucks. Um, I got, I think it started at seven. I literally got there at seven o'clock and this is how my luck was. I show up and I get to, I get there, right? I pull in the parking lot. I park in the first space. Yeah. It's empty. Right. I'm like, yes. I run in the store, you know, and I'm like, where, where is everybody? Why is there no line? <laughs> uh Oh. And I walk in there, and it only started at 7. I walk in there, and they're like, oh, everyone's in the basement. Ah. So I get the book. The The problem is, and I'll get to this in a second, I didn't have a recorder with me. Yeah. So I get in line. Wait, where, where was everyone? In the basement. They're in 
the basement. There's no basement at the Alamo. So they're in the basement of this place and lined up there. So I figured, I don't think there were that many people there. I mean, Saget, he couldn't have been there longer than an hour. Really? Yeah. Wait, there weren't that many people? No. Nah. Well, it was also pouring. Yeah, but, I mean, no. Oh, well, all right, so. How many people would you say altogether? I don't know. Hundred? No. I don't think so. I got in line at about 710, and I was out of there by 750. And that's with him stopping, you know, talking with everybody for like a minute, taking a picture, etc. Yeah. So, unfortunately, I didn't get any audio because I didn't have anything with me. Um, I got up, so I get up on the line there, you know, he signs the book. And, you know, I said, hey, Bob Saget. He goes, hey, how's it going? I'm like, TGIF. Hmm. He goes, yeah. Uh, the it's a restaurant now. <laughs> yeah, I know. So um, then I, you know, so I, I told him that I loved um, the Dirty Work. Yeah, starring Norm Macdonald. Great movie. Yeah, w- that he directed. One of my favorites. And he's like, ah, yeah, man, thanks. You know, it was a lot of fun doing that. Norm, you know, and Artie are so funny. You know, blah blah blah. And. Um, I forget what else I said to him. And, um, you know, then I said, oh, you know, I, I saw you on Entourage. You were hilarious. He's like, yeah, thanks. Mm-hmm. And then I always hear you on Opie and Anthony all the time, you know, calling in. He's like, yeah, yeah, I'm going to be on it on Wednesday. And I was like, oh, yeah, cool, you know, whatever. And, you know, that was it. Was he very warm and friendly? Yeah. Or was he, like, tired and grumpy? Or No, no, he was very affable. Mm. Um, the only thing with him was he is like a little neurotic. Well, Danny Tanner. <laughs> yeah, but he's like always tell he's like always joking in some sense. Yeah. So like so he was like he was like joking with people that were in the line and so it was very disconjointed, you know, disjointed, you know. He's like joking with this person and that person, so very ADD. Yeah, it was a bit ADD. But I don't know. He was he was very friendly, and he even um, I didn't realize you know I would have brought it if I had it. But some people brought like full house trading cards and eight by tens and stuff, and he signed everything. And didn't we get those uh, from, from? Yes, uh, Bronson Pincho. Yeah, right. The TGIF trading card. Yeah, I, I I guess I could have brought them, but I didn't I didn't think about it. Nah. Um, okay. Yeah, so that was cool, and um, you know he was there, and it was funny. I would have to say like sixty percent of the people there, or more, were all like high school aged. Why? They must have watched Full House in reruns. Hmm. You know, like the way we watched like Batman or Star Trek. Yeah. We were kids, you know, the the reruns like 10, 20 years later. So I was it was really peculiar that they were all there and then <laughs> whatever. So um yeah, it was really cool and then I actually read his book. How was it? It was very dirty. 
It's called Dirty Daddy, and um, no, it's very funny. You know, he talks about how he has a how his family had a lot of uh, um, unfortunate circumstances where a lot of like aunts and uncles and brothers and sisters died very young. Yeah, and so his father and he always like went. You know, always went to like comedy, went to humor to like get over it, you know, get through it. And that was sort of, you know, how he got into comedy. And he, the man, I kid you not, the man knew everybody in comedy back in the 70s and 80s and all. Really? I mean, he has stories literally. I mean, Ronnie Dangerville was one of his best friends. What? Yeah. You know, um,. Richard Pryor, he knew, he he knew literally, the man knew like every, every guy, you know, Gilbert Gottfried and and, you know, Dave Coulier, in fact, was his friend, was his roommate back in the late seventies. <laughs> what? Yes. Dave Coulier. Yeah, and and so then you know he was talking about Full House and, um, you know, different other things that he's done and you know goofing about it. And yes, he did have a, a little, a few words about Dave Coulier's farting. Really? Yes. See, so I, I was, I was not making that up. No, I was telling the truth. So no, it was, a, it was a very good book, and it keeps the string intact, in a sense of, from what I've experienced, that every single comedian that I've ever attended like a book signing or an autograph thing or whatever, they are without question the most like um, personable and they treat the fans better than anybody else. Yeah. Well, other than the Star Trek people we've met at Chiller Theater. Oh, no, yeah. I mean, they're they're great too. Yeah. But that's kind of, you know, they've done it. But again, but both... Groups of those people have done it for so long. Yeah, you know, like comedians are always interacting. I mean, that's what that's their career. Yeah. You know, when you're stand-up comic, you're right in front of your your audience. You know, how come someone like like Dave Coulier? I mean, why isn't he at Chiller Theater? What's he doing? I don't know. You'd have to ask the Chiller Theater people. Did Bob Saget mention uh, any plans for a Dirty Work too? No, I, I, there was <laughs> no. I love that movie. Yeah, I, I know, but it didn't make any money. Come on. Hey, uh, it smells like fish in here. Hey, uh, Mitch, where the horse? <laughs> uh, you mean you bet on the on the match in Rocky, <laughs> and you bet against Rocky? <laughs> well, hindsight is twenty twenty, my friend. <laughs> Chevy Chase. Yeah. yeah. It was hilarious. My uh, fa- the, the absolute best. I mean, every part of that movie is is classic. It is Chris Farley. But yeah, it's so like when like when when um, David Koechner is the the, yeah. the car uh, <laughs> car dealership owner, and he's yeah, trying to the do a commercial. The, co- the dead hookers <laughs> in the truck. <laughs> and uh, but the for me. The, the best of the best is when Norm MacDonald and Artie Lang are in the bar. Yeah. And they get into a fight with yes. these, these uh, frat guys. Yeah. And Chris Farley is at the jukebox. And he goes, yeah. 
and and, and and someone like like this old guy like mumbles to him like hey it looks like there's a fight yeah. and Chris Farley screams at the top of his lungs yeah Rolling Stone Street Fighting Man G7 <laughs> and he puts the wrong and number then, and the old guy looks at him and he goes you just pressed G8 and it starts playing the Pina Colada song <laughs> as they're bashing each other's brains out. Come on, that's awesome! It is. Norm's like a pool cue. It's like, how come you guys get a pool cue? Yeah. It's like, yeah, a fight. Hey, can I be on your side? <laughs> Listen, whoever's listening to it, you have to watch this movie, Dirty Work, nineteen ninety eight, Dirty Work, oh, classic, it's tremendous. tremendous. <laughs> Oh man! And then at the in the theater at the end, they're oh, all like yeah. the homeless bums are like purposely annoying the people, yeah. farting on them and, and the skunks. He farts on the people and walks by. He's like, "Oh man, that was a bad one." Yeah. And he walks later on. They show him going in the opposite direction. He goes, "He goes, oh man, I I, I think I did another one. Oh, oh no, wait a minute, no, that's the same one from before." <laughs> Yeah, a lot of those guys, a, a lot of like those. They were SNL writers. They were, yeah, they were SNL writers. That's right. Yeah. Well, I think that was like that was like a Lorne Michaels movie. I think it must have been. See, now yeah, I want to watch it. And it's it's funny. Bob Saget talked about his his agents, like his first agents way back when were. Um, I think that I think it was like Brad Gray, and. I forget the other guy's name, but those guys now are like major like television executives. Oh yeah. And Bob Saget's like nothing. Well, he did the voice on How I Met Your Mother. Oh, yeah, I know. Stupid. Yeah. You should have told him, come to Chiller. <laughs> Can't just show up. What is he, Pat Cooper? Yeah. Um Yeah, so that, that was really it was really nice. It was fun. Um, and then the other one is, uh, what episode did I talk about my new favorite new band, Lake Street Dive? That was 239. Okay. On com. Where else? That was also the episode where we talked about the, the monstrosity Steve Jobs statue. Oh, uh, yeah, I know. Well, that's totally irrelevant. So, anyway, um, I just I can't get over okay. how ridiculous it is. Ugh. So anyway, yes, Lake Street Dive. Yeah. So, you know, I, I've been talking about how I've tried over the past several months to go and see them in New York City. Yeah. Live. Right. You know, I was going to go to the thing they had at the end of the year that was in Brooklyn. And I was going to go, and then you didn't want to go, and then our friend Jacques Silbert did not want to go. Uh, by the way, have we ever mentioned his blog, in case anybody was ever interested? Salt in Wound? Yes. Jack Silbert. Yeah. Um, but he, I mean, th this guy, he's in Hoboken, but he goes to, like, every, you know, like, small bar, indie, uh, you know, uh, performance there is uh, anyway so he's seen them before too so nobody, nobody can go oh, whatever so then i was lamenting 
about the fact that they were on a bunch of, uh, of talk shows and they had raised their profile and that their their new album, Bad Self-Portraits, had done very well on the downloads and whatever. So then you were saying to me that, uh-oh, you've missed your chance now. You're never going to be able to meet them, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Well, ha, ha, ha. I got the last laugh. Okay. <laughs> um, anyway, so uh, several weeks ago, I knew about this this show for a while. Um, uh, they played Carnegie Hall. That was back in February, where we went and saw uh, Kevin Smith, and and he told us about how he broke a toilet. Broke the toilet, and we were up in the nosebleeds and we could barely see him. So I didn't want to go to that place because, again, you know, I didn't want to be nine miles away, and it was very expensive. So then I was waiting for that. There's this um, small one of the small venues in New York City, um, Bowery Ballroom. Yeah, I've been there. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's it's been around forever, and it's very small. I mean, it's literally like <laughs> it's like half of a like a high school gym size. You know, the floor, the stage is very, very small. Um, yeah. They have a I, bar in the back. Huh? For me, I, I, I had seen shows at the old knitting factory. And I thought that that was, that might have been just a little bit too small. Well, another one was a Roseland Ballroom, which they just closed, by the way. Really? Yeah. Well, uh, so I saw a show at Roseland, and I thought mm, this is this might be a little too big. I yeah. felt like Bowery Ballroom is the perfect size. Yeah, it's about eight hundred standing room, eight hundred people. And there's also uh, in the basement where there's the bathrooms or whatever. There's also uh, a bar down there, and on the on the main floor there's a balcony, which has some tables on them. Right, tables and chairs. Yeah. So anyway. So they were there for two nights, and it was in, during the week, and I asked you, and you would have went if it was a weekend, they didn't want to go in the week. And also I asked Jacques Silbert, he could not go. Really? No, nah, he, he, I don't know, he said, I forget, he had some, he was doing something else, I don't know. So, um, now I was going to go. Now, of course, the problem was they were on the Colbert show, Letterman show, and literally... The next day, the scalper idiots bought all the tickets up. Yeah. Which was, I think, at the Bowery, was like $18. At, at, uh... Bowery. Yeah, but what, what like, you know, what, what do they call it? Face value? Or... Yeah, that was how much it was from the, from the venue. Is, is that the correct term? Right. Face value. So, immediately, all the price... They, the tickets were gone, and they appeared on StubHub for two hundred dollars. What? Two hundred plus bucks. Oh my god! All right, so that that's, was that's more than ten times markup. It's insane. So that was back. Uh, I don't. I don't remember. Maybe that was towards the end of February or early March. So I, I was like, "Oh, I'm not going to this. This is ridiculous." So I waited and waited and waited, and I wasn't even sure if I wanted to go or not because I wasn't. I just didn't know if, like, I could meet them after the show and etc. So, yeah. it got to the finally came down to where 
um, I was like, you know something? If it's cheap enough, I'm going. So I'm waiting. So after, I don't know, maybe two weeks to go, tickets are still 100 bucks now. All right. Uh, one week to go. They're, they're coming down. 60-something bucks. I waited until, and again, the show was pretty late. I think it started, the first band went out at like 9, and they didn't go out till like 10.30. So I waited until like 6 o'clock at night on the night of the concert. Yeah. And guess how much I got it for? $300. No. <laughs> I don't know how much. $17. What? Less than face Less. value. Wow, look at that. They got desperate. <laughs> oh, yeah, you should have seen it. Every It was funny. It was like every five minutes, the tickets were, the prices were going down and down and down. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Stupid. Anyway, so I, I sh- you know, I went there and um, I went in there and I, I sat, I stood off to the side, but I was pretty close to the stage. I, I don't know, maybe 20 feet away. Um,. Because I didn't want my eardrums to get exploded either, and um, right, you know yeah. it filled out, pr- filled up pretty, pretty well, and um, yeah, and you know they, they, and it was funny while you know while I was standing there, while this first band went out there, uh, they were called Late Laser Cake or something like that. <laughs> okay, uh, they were they were okay. I mean, it wasn't exactly my kind of music. It was, eh, you know, but it was still pretty good. And, um, you know, they went out there, and it was funny, while they were out there performing, the individual band members of Lake Street Dive actually came out from whatever the dressing room was, and they were just standing in the crowd, (laughs) watching this other group. It was like nobody even knew who they were. Mm. So I got, you know, I said hello to them, whatever, a couple of them. So, and again, stupid me... I, I didn't want to, like, annoy them, and it was very dark, obviously, there, so, to, like, take a picture or anything, so I was like, all right, I'll wait. So, um, I took some video, though it was very shaky, and I had the iPhone with me, and the recordings on there, they actually don't sound too bad, but the format's terrible, and I told you about this, it's just a pain to get the, the files off of it, I was like, oh, it's ridiculous. Um, and I'll get to my issue with my digital recorder once I'm, I'm done here. Um, that was mentioned before, Bob Saget. So, you know, they, they, they come out around 1030 and they play for a while. And I mean, you know, they're tremendous. You know, they pretty much, they had their producer there. Um, this guy who was also a keyboard player. So he played the keyboards, Mm -hmm. um, which they normally wouldn't do in most of their shows, but it's an, in integral part of their album so it was it was really like getting the entire album live like right in front they literally played every song off that album they played some of their older songs a couple new ones tremendous absolutely fantastic i mean if anybody out there listens to this and have a chance to see this band at some point in the future if they're big or they're not big or whatever Go and do it. This this band is tremendous. All right. Cannot say enough good things. So then, the finally the show ends. God, I don't know what time it was. It was eleven thirty. 
So I go downstairs, and their merch table is off to the side there. And they got this dork up there. And I'm like, hey, is that, are any of them coming down? He's like, well, I'm not sure. Maybe 10, 15 minutes, you know, after they chill out and uh, whatever. Hmm. Um, by the way, the whole place smelled like marijuana. <laughs> really? Um, so, yeah, but that's, I mean, like, if one person's smoking it, the whole place going to stink. Yeah, true. Anyway, so I'm down there. I'm waiting, whatever. And uh, he said, like, usually one of them come out, whatever. Well, all of them were, came out. And I wasn't even paying attention. All of a sudden, I, like, see them standing around. Because they, they're, they've been living in Brooklyn for ten years. So they had a lot of friends there or whatever. So I was able to go up to each one of them, you know, talk to them for, a, like, a minute. Got a picture with each one. And I was, uh, you know, that obviously made my night. Yeah. I also, uh, the, the guitar player, this guy, they call him McDuck. I think his name's Mike Olson. Okay. Um, but uh, we shared our uh, our mutual admiration for the band. The band? The, the band. band. Which band? The band. I know. Which Levon band? Levon Helm. Um... Yeah, so that, that was really cool, and, you know, got a picture with all of them. Um, the only bad thing was uh, I stupidly should have just... I, 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 after, like, a second thought, I was like, oh, man, I should have bought one of their vinyl albums, and they could all signed it. Mm. But anyway, so uh, I, I'll see. I mean, I know they're playing that outdoor festival in Westchester in June. I don't know if I'm going to go to that or not. I may. The weather's nice.
So that was awesome. And then uh, just to finish up the on all the stories. Sorry. You're right over there? <laughs> yes. My, I had this... You have the better digital recorder. You have that Roland Ederol whatever thing. Ederol R-09. Yeah. Um, Industry that, standard. Okay. So you've had that one for many years. Yeah. I didn't get that one because it's it's hundreds of dollars and you know I just wanted something cheap and and easy to to use. So I got this Olympus one that was I don't know 50 bucks or something. Olympus. Yeah. And now the quality's not as good as yours and you know blah blah blah, but it it worked fine enough for my purposes. Well, all of a sudden recently, I put batteries in the thing. I don't even use it. I leave it off. And then, like, a few days later, I go to turn it on, and it's dead. The batteries are dead. So, right. I don't know what the deal is with this thing. Were they rechargeable? No. Okay. And they were different brands. Uh, so, I, I don't know what the deal was with it. So, you know, so I really didn't have anything when I went to see Bob Saget, and that annoyed me. And I know the Chiller Theater is coming up. So, I'm like, you know what, I'm not... I'm not playing around with this anymore. So I looked at a few online, um, and they were interesting. One was called the Zoom HD um, that was very lightweight. I actually tried it out yeah. in, in the store. It was very lightweight. only used, like, one AAA battery. That's a good one, the Zoom. Yeah. I mean, well, I shouldn't say it's a good one. I should say they make good ones. Yeah. Um, there was another one that was, uh, like, Tascam, but that one was enormous. Way too big. <laughs> right. But even the Zoom was big. It was very long. When yeah. I saw it in person, it was so long that if I had like a, a like a sh like a dress shirt pocket, it, it would be sticking out. It would look ridiculous. Yeah. Well, yeah, but, it would be too obvious. Yeah, but it was very lightweight. So then I uh, so anyway, so I went to a, a guitar center store. Um, I forget which one it was. I think it was the one on. 46 and I was looking at to, to look at those so while I'm in there I'm looking in their showcase and they've got an Roland uh, R-05 yeah. uh, digital recorder sitting in the showcase right on clearance for $99.99 so I look at it and I'm like hmm now now I'm thinking because it, it, you know, that one is it's a lot heavier than any of the other ones, and it takes two AA batteries and blah blah blah, and it's a bit wider, so it's a, it's harder to fit in a pocket. But mm. I know it works well. I mean, we've always used it, and I figured, you know, something, maybe I'll get this one, and then Rob and I can set the, put the same settings on it. We don't have to worry about all right. My feed sounds like this, and yours sounds like this, and etc. So I, I did get that one. Unfortunately, it didn't have anything with it. That's no, okay. No box, no AC adapter, nah. manual, nothing. Don't need it. Well. So, I mean, I made sure it worked. Yeah. But you'll have to configure it. I, I don't know all the... Uh, <laughs> the settings. The different settings to have on it and, and uh, whatnot. Okay. Um, so that hopefully solves that. 
all right, so moving on. So welcome to the world of professional audio. What do you mean? What have we been doing here this whole time? No, I mean out in the field. Oh, well, well whatever. Um, all right, so I got to show you this real quick. This is, this, I mean, this is absolutely ridiculous. I don't know where this was for all these years. Remember how Jean-Claude Van Damme was supposed to be the Predator <laughs> yes. in the original movie? And, in fact, he did do, like, some peep parts of it, right? It was him in a monkey suit or something like something. that? Something. So, they finally, recently, the video um, was released of him in the, co- in the costume. Now, the thing is... This wasn't, like, the final costume. Like, the final costume wasn't done. Right. And initially, they wanted it to be some kind of, like, a praying mantis-looking thing. Okay. So, they eventually had, like, this crazy praying mantis-looking suit. Now, I don't know if Van Damme was in this suit or not. But they also had this thing where they had him in, like, this red suit. And it may have been for, like, green screening or something like that. Okay. So, if I can get the damn link. I don't want this whole freaking uh, Google link here. I think this is from the Stan Winston thing. It's uh, something to do with, uh, maybe on the DVD. But uh, here here it is. This is, uh, when you see this, it is unbelievable. (laughs) They put him in this. All right. It's playing. Yeah. Oh wait! Wait a minute. <laughs> no, this looks like like a like a homemade craft project that would be on on on, on the Power Rangers or something. Oh uh, yeah, it looks no. like a homemade lobster suit. Wait, fast forward to like the one minute thirty five mark. One thirty, and you see him moving around in it. But keep watching it though, uh, yeah, because yeah. you'll see why that they had him in that ridiculous costume. Oh my god, this looks so stupid! Oh, I well, see. It was the purpose of it was, as I said, to do a green screen effect. Now they couldn't do green, obviously they were in the jungle, so they did bright red, so that they could do that that predator like cloaking device kind of. Uh, uh, mm. Special effect. Hmm. I yeah. wonder how they achieved that. That, um, that you know, like it, it's almost like like a. Well, they did that in the abyss. I mean, it's not really a mirror. It's it's yeah. It, yeah it's weird. It's a weird effect. <laughs> but yeah, this is just ridiculous. Uh, so apparently, like he saw this. This is why he quit the movie. You know, he. He thought that this is what he would look like. He thought that that was going to be the final product. Yeah. I don't blame him. Yeah, but he's an idiot. He's like, wait a minute, this is the What movie. is this? How will I do split in this stupid costume? <laughs> oh, man. Uh, that is... Yeah, wait, so where is this from? This I is think from... it's probably from a DVD or something. Huh. DVD extra, I guess. I don't know. That's cool. 
Wow. Look at this. All all these years later, we finally get to yes. to pull back the curtain a little bit and see how all these things were made. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that that was cool. And um uh, what was I going to say? So <laughs> that was just you know idiotic, stupid Van Dam. Now speaking of uh, uh, resurrecting the 1980s, I've got a lot of different things here. I'm going to show you. Rapid fire. You yeah. ready? Yeah. Are yeah, you yeah. ready? I am ready. Okay. First, I heard that the uh, amusement park in northern New Jersey, Action Park which no longer exists. No. But apparently the guy the people who own it, I think it's currently like a water park only, that they're actually going to they're they're going to re, re they're renaming it this year to Action Park. Ah, it has such negative connotations. I know, and they're going to have like rides and stuff. I mean, if they bring back the Alpine Slide, I am there. And when I say it has negative connotations, I mean Yeah, because like six deaths. people died and yes. dozens of injuries. <laughs> No safety. Wow. All right. Hey, it's good luck with that. Action park. Um, the action never stops no. at Action Park. Uh, until you break your head. Well, you yeah, until you die. Right. Yeah, well, that's it. Um, so that's coming back. Now I'm going to show you something else here. Um, I believe that this is on YouTube. It's something called... It's on YouTube. It's a YouTube channel called 8-Bit Cinema. Mm. 8-Bit Cinema. So basically what this is, is that they take, like, popular movies, of you know, over all time, and they animate them to look like 8-bit video games. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, it's really cool. So, you know, like, they did, like, uh, the, here they got The Fifth Element, The Hobbit, Fight Club, Anchorman, Pulp Fiction... Clockwork Orange, The Big Lebowski, you know, all kinds of stuff. Let me tell you something. A lot of these movies that I've never seen and I had G.I. Joe. And I have no interest in ever seeing. Yeah. If they were done in these 8-bit old <laughs> Nintendo Entertainment System yeah. style, like tile-based graphics, sprite-based graphics, yeah. I would find them much more fascinating. Okay. Than than, than the actual movie itself. Yeah. I don't know why. I just find so, these kind I, of... I think what they do is they take... It's not just that they take 8... It's 8-bit graphics. But I think they all... They, they take like an 8-bit game. Mm. And they change the graphics around. I mean, it's not a game. Obviously, it's not a ROM or anything like that. But they that's what they kind of do for the well, most part. Well, yeah. So I I, I guess they, they take a style of a certain yeah. game and, and repurpose it to... Be yeah, and the, it's got a lot the of the plot of a movie. Yeah, it's got a lot of the old like NES, SNES kind of uh, sounds and everything. It's a real, really cool oh, channel. Man. I'm, wow, man, this is going to be a huge uh, time waster for me yeah. now. Uh, the the YouTube um, channel is called Cinefix, C I N E F I X. But I guess it's some like sub list here that it's called Eight Bit. Playlist called Eight Bit Cinema. Wow. Eight where, Bit Cinema. Do you know where these people are based? I don't know. 
I don't know. I'm just asking. I, I, no, I, I'm, I'm, I'm guessing they're American. Hmm. Uh, you can email them at cinefixnetwork at gmail.com. It says location worldwide. Uh, yeah, so they, they have 496,000 subscribers. I see. So it says Cinefix or Ginefix is the ultimate destination for true movie buffs and filmmakers on YouTube. Yeah, I mean, they've got a lot of different channels. So, so I'm you, guessing the 8-bit cinema is just one of them. Yeah, so people, I guess people all over the world are invited to contribute, to create, to yeah. critique. So, so yeah, I guess it's really just a worldwide project. Yeah, so I, I don't know if 8-Bit Cinema, I don't know if they have their own uh, website or anything. I don't know. It doesn't look like it. I think it's just a YouTube page. Yeah, so it's, it, but it's tremendous. Yeah, this is awesome. I'm, oh man, I'm. I, do you, you, you're, you're, you're sucking all my time with this now. <laughs> this is all I'm going to be doing for like uh, the next six months. It's not that many. Like twenty videos. Uh, well, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. I see. So they're not actually movie length. No, like ten minutes. Not even. They're like two minutes. Yeah, whatever. I thought they were taking an actual movie and no. just recreating it with sprite graphics. <laughs> but with the original audio, you know, dialogue. Yeah, and No, no, no. I see. I see. Well, that I would love. Hmm. For example, a movie like, uh, I don't know, like The Dark Knight, which I have no interest in seeing. If they recreated that full length in yeah. 8-bit graphics, that I would watch. Mm. or The Shining or like any of these I, I would I would watch every one of these movies full length in 8-bit graphics <laughs> yes yeah, so that's cool sprite graphics yes yeah, so that's very cool and now um, what else oh show this other link here somebody made this like I guess it's a flash based He-Man game mm. we didn't talk about this what the He-Man no. fighting game. Oh, you know about this? From a, Yeah. From, wasn't this last year? No. I don't think uh, we talked about this. No. Oh, this is a one-on-one... -on -one... No. No, I think it's a beat-em-up. It's a beat... Oh, yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah, I thought... Didn't we talk about this? I don't think so. Or maybe it was the message board or something. I don't you know what? No, maybe it is like a fighting game. I think it is. Uh, you know, you're right. I think it is a fighting game. Because there was one that I think we talked about that was the side-scrolling beat 'em. Yeah, that stunk. That was horrible. Yeah, but that was like an official game. No. No. It was. But anyway, this no. one's got like I'm looking at the video. It's got uh, Man at Arms, He Man, uh, Sorceress, Ram Man, Tila, Orko. It's awesome. Yeah. And then the weird thing is it is Lionel. <laughs> From the th who we met. Yes, Larry Kenny. And interviewed. On I don't know why he's in there. But anyway, I mean, it's all the graphics and the animation is all looks exactly like the Filmation cartoon. I mean, it's awesome. Mm. 
one thing that I really liked and, and, and have always appreciated about the 1980s filmation series, yeah, like, for example, He-Man and the Masters of the Universe is... And, and, and we've talked about this in, in old episodes. Of Why the don't they have the bad guys in that? I don't understand that. I don't know. Wish Skeletor! <laughs> He-Man! Why am I not in your video game? But one thing I've always appreciated, and, and we've talked about in, in old episodes, but I like the drawing style of the actual characters hmm. and the animation, but also the backgrounds. They have they had very, very interesting backgrounds because a show like like the nineteen the, eighties the generation one Transformers had very beautiful backgrounds, but they mm. were fairly, I don't know what the word is, straightforward, where, oh, look, it's a forest, and it's a river, and it's, yeah. a, it's a road, and buildings, and whatever. They were great, but they were nothing too out of the ordinary. But with yeah. the He-Man and the Masters of the Universe, they were extremely creative, very surreal... The color palettes that they used, the Ooh. just the 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 mountain formations and the castles, and like I don't know the the things that they were coming up with to put in the backgrounds were were very very creative. Mm. Okay, they were so that, all right. Yes, yeah. I agree. So that was cool. Um... And then I'll show you uh, the one last thing um, was I found a couple of cool Transformers stop motion videos. <laughs> really? Yeah, I just have to find them here. Uh, let's see here. I think this one, the user on YouTube is Alpha Trickma. A L P H A T R I K M A 2. Alpha Trichma Two. Okay. How do people come up with these names? I don't know. These usernames. So this guy's got a whole playlist of Transformers the movie. So essentially, I don't know if he does the entire movie. But it seems like he does a lot of it. But this, so this guy, yeah, he's got about I don't know a dozen or so different scenes from Transformers the movie that he took like toys and did stop motion. Right. Oh, I mean, it's... That's very... It's really cool. Without having seen it yet, in my imagination, I'm imagining that's very ambitious. Yeah, it certainly is. Here's uh, here's the trailer. It's a very ambitious undertaking. He does the one where Optimus Prime fights Megatron. Yeah, so he constructed these backgrounds. Yeah, those are a little flimsy. But. It looks like, yeah, I mean, but still, it's... Yeah, it's, it's great. I mean, you know, he yeah. uses some old-style toys, some of the newer, uh, you know, redesigned uh, classic toys. Yeah. That, you know, a little more posable. My God. How, like, <laughs> what... I'm, I'm saying this in a good way, but what possesses somebody to do this? 
I don't know. I get, you know, maybe for, you know, to work on your craft. And then where did he get, so I, I, growing up, I had the, the Sharktacon toy, Decepticon. Uh, the, the, the character's name was Gnaw. Yeah. But then where did this guy get the, the other type of Sharktacon, which they never made a toy out of? Well, they've made a lot of them, um, recently, with uh, you know those like Chinese, you know a lot of those third-party groups that make them. Mm. But some of these toys actually look like he made them himself. Because like the the RC. Uh... Yeah, that doesn't look like an actual toy. It looks like he somehow modified something. Oh man, Quintessons. Yeah. You know, I kind of like the homemade. I mean, he made the Decepticon style. ship. Oh, that, you know, he that. does the. I mean, it's amazing. He had the the, oh, the yeah. coronation scene with Starscream. Right. He's got like the gold statues. Galvatron shoots him. Yeah. Starscream turns to dust. Yeah, I like the homemade look of it. How it's yeah. it 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 looks like a craft project. Yeah. It gives it some charm. You know, the, the, the Megatron and the Optimus Prime he has are the uh, masterpiece ones, obviously. Mm, is it? Be- yeah. No, those aren't the originals. No, 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 no. It, it, the robot form. Nah, I think I all agree, of it is. But the truck form. No, nah, yeah, see? He switches. Oh, okay. Well, whatever. So in Optimus Prime's robot form, it's the yeah. new version. But then when it transforms to the yeah. truck, it's the original 80s version. Yeah, look at this, the whole fight. He's got the squid fight with the hot rod and... I know. Cup. Starscream kicking Megatron out of the ship. I mean, there is some computer effects, but it's basically just the the laser beams. Yeah, it's not much. It's about it, yeah. Yeah, this guy made that squid. What did he use to make this squid? I don't know, I must have made it himself somehow. Man, who is this person? And look, it says he's also making a stop motion animation of. Oh no! No, this is coming twenty ten. Yeah, no, all of these things he did are from like four and five years ago. Oh, okay. Yeah, this is pretty crazy. Yeah, this is. I'm. I can't imagine how long this took. <laughs> Years. So, like what I had suggested with the eight-bit tile graphics movies, will this movie have? W- will it be a recreation of the original movie, but with the original audio track? Yeah, yeah. If you look at the other clips, it's it's completely the same music and audio. Oh, okay. So he's not redoing the voices. No. <laughs> yeah, that, it's it's awesome. Yeah. yeah really awesome. All right, well, uh, we, we will put links on PornStevenson.com in the episode notes. Yeah. Uh, right, so uh, what was I going to say? Wait, 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 wait. So <sighs> it, if... so. 
in that trailer that I just watched yeah. of the the stop motion recreation Transformers the movie 1986. Yes. If he were re-recording his own voice Ugh. track and audio track no. during the Optimus Prime Megatron one-on-one fight scene, yeah. He could contact you and and I. No, I don't think so. I'd much rather hear the original. <laughs> I know, but I'm just saying if that w- was what he was going to do. Eh. If that were what he was going to do. Anyway, so all right, so here's that that is awesome that one. Now here's another one. This guy I think only did one video. Um, he calls it X Transbots. The okay. uh, YouTube user is a Griffith Keith weird name but this is the the newer one this is uh, something uh, somebody showed me a couple of weeks ago all right what is this this is uh, like inside of the ark you know the autobot headquarters mm. but this guy does actual like you could tell he's using computer graphics to show like transformations and stuff like that it's a scene like in the autobot headquarters you know remember it was like the ark ship it was yeah. all orange. Yeah. Yeah, and he kind of oh, recreated yeah, he, that. Here it goes. Here it goes. And it's like four or five different, uh, you know, toys that he's using, and they have like a fight scene. Whoa. That was smooth transforming. Yeah, because I think he did it with a computer, but. Anyway, still looks better than Michael Bay stuff. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Um, so what I was saying a minute ago about the, the, the fight scene is if we did the voices, no, I'll do it right now. Ugh, I don't want to. <laughs> one shall stand, one shall Ugh. fall. I've waited an eternity for this, Prime... No, Optimus, I beg for mercy. He who was without mercy now begs for it. I thought you were made of sterner Ugh. stuff. Uh, See, I, I'm telling so you, I could, times, I could rattle this off. Okay, fine. Anyway, um... Uh, yeah, so that, that was cool. Uh, one last thing I was going to bring up. Have you watched the reincarnation of the television program Cosmos. Yes. Cosmos. Have you watched the Cosmos with yours truly Carl Sagan? I have watched Cosmos with Neil Tyson. Yes. Oh yeah, Neil, the great Neil deGrasse Tyson, who by the way I'm going to try and get an interview with. (laughs) What? Well, he's on his website. It says to contact if you want to have an interview. So, all right, let's do it. Now he is the brother of Mike Tyson. No, no, no relation. He talks like this. <laughs> Neil Tyson. I. This is Cosmos. So, would you rather see it with with Doctor Neil deGrasse Tyson or with Mike Tyson <laughs> talking about the Cosmos? That would be awesome. <laughs> The water disappeared off of Mars at some point in uh, four billion years ago. You know what I'm saying? You know what I mean? We're flying in a spaceship. 
I think, I think the Keenan Ivory Wayne's impression. Yeah. It's hilarious. Oh my god. Mike Tyson hosting Kazos would be <laughs> would be unbelievable. <laughs> so what do you think of it? Now, you know, it's funny. Um, I initially, because there's so many other shows on Sunday nights um, a couple of months ago that when it started, I, I, I didn't watch it. You know, I was watching Walking Dead or something else. Yeah. So, no, but then the other thing was, I was kind of saying to myself, you know, I think like I feel like I know most of this stuff anyway. This science and you know um, scientific uh, achievements and and the universe and space exploration. Yeah, I know all there is to know. Don't worry. Ah, this is going to be beneath me. <laughs> right. I, I was you know I was like a know it all. So anyway, so a few weeks ago, I was able to catch up with the previous episodes. I got to tell you, I mean the show is unbelievable. I know. I mean, they have tremendous computer graphics, which must cost a ton of money. I know. Some of which I could do without, but it's amazing. I mean, he, you know, they'll start off talking about, like, atoms and, you know, what makes up an atom and, and the electrons and nucleus and all, and then somehow get into talking about, like, you know, uh, human genes. And, and, and it's just, it's it's amazing how many... They go and then they have like they have like animated cartoons that look that show like the like historic uh, people figures. Yeah. And um, I mean it's it's amazing. Yeah. Well, when I saw it, I figured well, it's kind of along the same lines as you. I'm like, well, it's Fox. It's probably not going to be very in depth. It's going to be just very like. Well, it's Seth MacFarlane. Yeah. Well, he's producing it. Yeah. But hmm. but I, I just figured it's going to be very very simple uh, scientific things right. and I watched it it was it was very in depth not um, only that and and the production values like you said the, the computer graphic the production values I'm like how are they affording this <laughs> on a weekly basis this is it's tremendous well, I don't know how long this show will last <laughs> because it costs so much money but um... my only critique or my, my my only criticism would be that maybe it it bounces around from topic to topic maybe a little bit too quickly no but it's yeah i know but they're 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 showing how when you when you think about one thing it it, it shows that how it's connected you know nature's connected one thing is connected. you you wouldn't even think mm. that the two things were connected like for instance the last episode they talked about the guy, uh, Claire Patterson, who in the 40s and 50s was the main guy in, in trying to determine the age of the Earth. Mm. And he had to do this by um, by looking at meteorites that had landed here to, to determine the amount in the rock, the, the amount of the um, radioactive uh, uranium that had uh, decayed all the way into lead. Mm. And so he was measuring that. And they were showing how, as he was trying to do that, his measurements were all over the place. He, you know, he didn't know what was going on. And this guy literally spent years trying to work out the measurements to the point where he built the first "quote unquote" clean room for science. You know, where there was a, you know, no, um, 
outside interference at all for the experiment. And then he was able to say, oh, okay, yeah, now I can prove the age and my experiments work. And then, in the same token, as he continued to explore and, and to study it, he found, in, in looking at the ocean and, and different things, that the level of lead in the environment over the past like couple hundred years or whatever had grown so ridiculously high from like two or three hundred years before and he attributed that obviously to leaded gasoline and leaded lead paint and everything, and you know these these you know these corporations that were manufacturers of lead, and and lead is toxic to human beings. It destroys the body. Yeah. It also causes you to be insane. And it's interesting that they show that you know that's how one thing led to the other. And here's this guy who. And the other thing where they where they show you that I, which I like is no holes bar approach, and this was something that Carl Sagan was big about, was that they that without being like condescending or insulting, mm-hmm. they debunk all of the ridiculous like six, seven, eight hundred thousand year old concepts of you know a science and astronomy. Many of which were religious based. Right. That, I mean, you know, they're ridiculous. Like in that episode, I forget what they were talking about. Well, first they talk about how the Romans used a lot of lead. And like they had every, and, and it was one of the reasons that people give for the decline of Roman civilization was that they were all lead poisoned, basically. And had, they were all nuts. <laughs> Everybody was nuts. Well. Okay. <laughs> you know, because they remember they the Rome had an aqueduct system for water. Yeah. It was all with lead. <laughs> you know, they had buildings this and that with lead, this lead, that lead. It was lead all over the damn place. Yeah. Um, but like they were talking about the age of the earth and he was talking about how some stupid uh, I don't know, religious figure, I don't know if he was a priest or what he was, um, back in the 1600s had read the Bible and determined from the Bible that the earth was given just from the biblical stories was, was something like 6,500 years old. Okay. Which of course is not only nonsensical, it's, it's utterly ridiculous. Anybody could believe that. And unfortunately, wait, that, that earth is 65 years old, 6,500. Oh, okay. Still ridiculous. (laughs) 6,500, 4.5 billion. Hmm. Somewhere hmm. somewhere in between. Somewhere you know. in between. And unfortunately, it's, it's yes. It's a rough estimate. Yes, and unfortunately, there are still plenty of morons in the United States, at least, who still believe that. So... Uh, well... <laughs> especially down south. Oh, that's right. Everybody. Like Pat Robertson. Oh my God, Pat Roberts! They were showing him a clip, a clip of him earlier today. It was he's still going on and on? The world is going to end <laughs> every day. This guy, at some point, how long has this guy been on the air? Forty years, decades. Yeah. At some point, maybe he should give it up. Maybe it's not going to end. He's like if... there were. He's like the world is going to end with an asteroid collision, gigantic piece of space rock. When? And I'm like, yeah, you know what? That might end the quote-unquote world as we know it, but it's not going to be some act of God that does it. I mean, it's... <laughs> Come on. Did he say when? No, of course not. Soon. 
Ah, soon. It's going to come to an end soon. So, please send all your donations to my charity. Well, what does he need the money for if, if we're all going to explode? He's a shyster. <laughs> Idiot. Carnival Barker. <laughs> anyway, Cosmos, thumbs up. Yes. Oh, definitely. Definitely. I, I really I really like it. And um, obviously I hope that they continue to make them. Yeah, I do too. It's very interesting. Yeah, they started out, the first episode had a uh, 5.77 rating on Fox. Okay. I don't know if it was just Fox. I know they put it, well, I mean, it's not great. Um, and now they're down into the threes, but it seems like it's staying pretty much e pretty steady, considering the competition they have on Sunday night when, when like everything is on. I mean, it's it's ridiculous. Unfor well, first of all, I actually commend Fox for putting on a very well produced, very factual and scientific based educational show like this especially yeah. on a sunday night prime time so i commend especially them since the science in this program is ignored chastised ridiculed and uh, argued against on fox news exactly nightly. exactly um so yes it is, it is nice you can also catch the show monday nights on National Geographic Channel, uh, in which it has less commercials. Oh, okay. So, I don't know. I guess that's somewhat of a, of a good thing there. Yeah, but it's, it's a great show. They actually have a lot of uh, famous actors who do voiceovers for the the historical people. Like Mike Tyson? No, not Mike. Not Mike. Uh, <laughs> they said... Doctor Phil. No, uh, I've heard Richard Gere, Patrick Stewart. I thought you were going to say Richard Lewis. <laughs> hey, let me tell you, I'm I'm looking in the Larry. I'm looking in the in the, in the telescope, Larry, and oh, oh, I can't, oh, I don't know what's going on. Oh, oh, we're gonna be attacked by Martians. Oh. I'm gonna die. Might as well just give up now. What's the point? Oh, I don't know. Oh. I'm lead poisoned. Uh. Yeah, so that's uh, very, very cool. Cosmos. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Got anything else? That's it for me. It's it for you. You've you brought nothing to the table. Nothing. <laughs> We're going on two hours. Oh my god, this is insane. <laughs>